your message notes, we are kicking off a brand new series called Dream Again. And we're talking about how the reality of life is that we can lose our dreams. We, we can start out dreaming, but then the older that we get, we stop being dreamers and we stop living a life from an imagination and we start living a life from our memories. We start living our life by our limitations and by our details instead of living our lives from the dream that God has put in our lives. And before we get to Jeremiah, which is in your notes, I want to share with you a scripture God put on my heart just yesterday um, as I was thinking through this. I thought this was so powerful. I'd never seen this scripture in this way. Acts 2.17. We've been studying the book of Acts. I just can't get out of it. But it says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And watch this. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will do what? Dream dreams. And I'd always seen that from the perspective of, you know, in this end time, um, in this, in this, in this end time period that we're living in, when the Holy Spirit comes, that, that all the young people get visions and then all the old people get dreams. Like that's what I've always seen it, you know, the, uh, and, and what is that? But as I was processing this truth that God wants us to dream again, I, I saw this from a whole different perspective because it seems like the older we get, we stop living our lives from dreams, right? The older we get, our dreams go down. We stop dreaming. And what God is describing is that the more we are filled with His Spirit in this last days, the way that God wants to work in the church is this. The older we get, we keep on being dreamers for God. And I want to encourage somebody today to let you know God's not finished with you yet. I know you've experienced a lot in the past, but with Jesus, the best is yet to come. And I love that the young men shall see visions, the old men dream dreams. Watch it. There's, pro there's prophecy from all of us, sons and daughters, men and women. There's young people living their life from a sense of vision. There's older people still being dreamers. Church, this is how we're supposed to be today. I pray that God would put a dream in someone's heart or resurrect an old dream because life has a way of knocking those dreams out of us. But I love what the scripture talks about the calling of God. It says it's without repentance. In other words, if you've ever been called, you're still called. And God has a great purpose. I gotta slow myself down. I'll just go ahead and start preaching before we even get started here this morning. It's gonna be good. So, so good. We're here today. Jeremiah chapter 36 and verse 1. I want to show you a time in Jeremiah's life where it would have been really easy to stop dreaming. It says, In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from Jeremiah from the Lord. Take a scroll and write on it all the words I've spoken to you concerning Israel, Judah, and all the other nations from the time I began speaking to you in the reign of Josiah till now. Perhaps when the people of Judah hear about every disaster plan to inflict on them they will each turn from their wicked ways and then I will forgive their wickedness and their sins so Jeremiah called Baruch son of Neriah and while Jeremiah dictated all the words the Lord had spoken to him Baruch wrote them on the scroll I want to title this message simply this write it again could you say that with me write it again write it again I just want to pray and ask God to speak to us today from his word Lord would you come in this place in, in, in power and might Holy Spirit, would you speak words I could never say? Lord, I realize you can do more in a moment than I can do in a lifetime of messages. So, Lord, would you come speak to hearts and lives. Help us to dream again. 
In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. So glad you're here today. Um, the, the prophet Jeremiah was considered, is considered, one of the, the five major prophets in the Old Testament. There, there are uh, 17 books in the Old Testament that are considered the, pro the book of the prophets or the prophetic books. You have five major prophets and 12 minor prophets, and um, Jeremiah is one of the five majors. And it's not major and minor because of importance. It really just has to do with how long their books were. And Jeremiah was this um, weeping prophet, he was called. And he was kind of had a bleeding heart, and he was, he was eager to share what God uh, wanted to do with the people. And he would go out in the streets and cry, and God did a mighty work through Jeremiah's life. But Toward the end of his ministry in Jeremiah chapter 36, God's word comes to him. We just read it, and he says, I want you to take all that you've experienced in the last 30 years of your ministry, and I want you to write it down and so that the people can read it, and maybe they'll turn back to me, God says. And so Jeremiah gets this friend of his named Baruch, who is a writer, and Jeremiah dictates the word, and Baruch writes it down. And I, I, I can't imagine how long it would take to do something like this. Um, how long it would take for, for them to write the story of this 30 years of ministry, all the ups and the downs and all the things that had happened in a lifetime of ministry. But after, um, after this uh, gets done, which I would imagine would at least take months, maybe even a year of, of chronicling 30 years of, of ministry and what God had spoken to Jeremiah. And after it's all done, Jeremiah, he had such a bad relationship with the people of Israel that he couldn't even go to the temple. Uh, they were like, you know, going to kill him or kick him out. So he sent Baruch to go and to read the word that he, had, that, he had, that he had written. And so Baruch goes and he reads this word. And, man, people are getting mad at him. And they say, we're telling the king. And they literally take the scroll out of his hand. And they take it to the king. And the king, uh, it, it, here's what it says in, a, in verse uh, 23 of Jeremiah 36. This is kind of a, one of the lesser known stories in the Bible. I found it so interesting. It says uh, each time, so the king had a, someone that would read it to, to him, and it says each time that he would read this, this work that Jeremiah had written, it says the king took a knife and would cut that section out of the scroll, and then he'd throw it into the fire section by section until the whole scroll was burned up. The king literally threw away Jeremiah's life work. Like this was not something where you had like multiple copies there was no xerox machine in this day like they weren't going to fedex and getting multiple copies this was literally it this was a year's worth of of chronicling that represented really his lifetime of ministry and here it is literally torn up and thrown in the fire and and i really felt uh as i was preparing for this series that there's somebody here today that you can identify with what it feels like to get part of your life thrown into the fire that that you you used to if you could look at your old self you would say i had dreams like, 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 like 10, 20 years ago, you, you had dreams of what your life would be and what it would become, but somehow, someway, life had a way of literally like line by line ripping the dream away. And it's, it, it's just into little pieces, and it's, and it's, and it's thrown into the fire. You, you once had a dream of what you would become and what you would be, and, and, and you once felt like you had a future, and people would even look at you and say, man, you, you, you just have potential. You're going to do great things, and... And, 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 you, and you look at your life and what it's become and, and, and life has had a way of just kind of tearing up the, the hopes and the dreams that you once had. You, you thought you had hope and, but life 
tore the hope away and the, the debt tore the hope away and the divorce tore the hope away and you had dreams and you, you thought you had good relationships and you started full of faith and hope and maybe you had an employer that everything was and you just thought you'd be with them forever and then you know there was time things that you didn't foresee and man there was there was hurtful words and burnt bridges and relationships with parents and siblings and children and it's you, you look at your life and you feel like you've spent so much time on this masterpiece of life you had hoping it was going to be something but your career hasn't turned out what you thought it was going to be like and, and, your, and your world hasn't become what you thought it would be and you're left with no confidence that you're just in survival mode you're no longer thriving you're no longer the dreamer of dreams you're just trying to live you're just trying to like get through the day and, and, and because life has literally stolen your confidence and and years ago, you felt like you may have even had one of these, a calling. You may have felt like that God was speaking to you about something He was wanting you to do, but, 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 but the moment you stepped out in faith and the moment you tried to do something for God, and it, it just felt like, just like Jeremiah, the king took it and, and ripped it up, and now you don't even know who you are and you don't know who God is either in your life and you you look at your hopes and dreams and it looks more like this than anything else you're you're just kind of shredded pieces of the life that you once dreamed of and yes there are things that are going good but in your heart of hearts maybe you feel a little bit like jeremiah and you say god i feel like it's all been torn up and thrown into the fire of life i don't know who i'm talking to today but I want you to know that in this moment, Jeremiah would identify completely with you. That you're not the first one to feel like your life's work has kind of been torn away or your hopes and dreams have been dashed along the journey. And God has a word for you, and I believe it's the same word that He had for Jeremiah. In verse 27 of Jeremiah 36, it's there in your notes. It says, after the king burned the scroll containing the words that Baruch had written at Jeremiah's dictation, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Take another scroll and write on it all the words that came on the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, burned up. What did God say to Jeremiah after the world and the king had literally thrown his dreams into the fire? He said, here's what I want you to do. Take another scroll and I want you to write it again. In other words, your life will not be defined by the failure or by the past or by what someone else did to you or the years that they took away or the, all the effort and energy you put into something. I want you to take another scroll and write it again. And I believe I'm talking to somebody here today that you have stopped dreaming. You have stopped hoping. You just are in survival mode. And God would say to you, it's time for you. I know they burned it up. And I know it, it was unfair. And I know you've been through hard times. And I don't want to diminish that in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But I believe God's word would say this, that the latter is going to be greater than the former. Like whatever you've experienced up to this point, God has greater things in your future, Jeremiah. Take another scroll and write it again. Pick up another sheet of paper and start writing again what I've done and want to do in your life. Jeremiah, dream again. Could you say that with me? Dream again. Dream again. So if you're taking notes today, I want to share with you just kind of how 
the Lord dealt with, dealt with me about it. Here's the first aspect of what we need to do is, number one, write it again with God. Write it again with God. See, God's word came to Jeremiah, and it would have been so easy for him to be like, wait a minute, God, you want me to do what? I did that one time, and you let it get ripped up. Like, God, I thought you were sovereign. You ever had a situation in your life where you felt like God didn't come through when you prayed for it? When you prayed for him to come through? And, and people hurt you and let you down? Jeremiah could have easily had the attitude, God, I've already been there. I've already done that. I'm done with this. I've already taken all this time to put all this down. I've, I, I put my dreams down. I put what you've done in my life down, and it's all got burned up. Why didn't you just like, why didn't you just like zap the, the king, like whenever, like, like a lightning bolt from heaven, like, zzz, like right whenever, before he threw it away, like, God, why don't you do that? And then in the distance, you could see me being like, what's up? That's what you get for messing with my word. Like, why, God, why couldn't you have done that? You're God, right? And I believe many times it's easy to push God away because of what other people have done to us. And I want to encourage you with this this morning is that God has not failed you. People have failed you along the way. Many times I believe the situations of our life have nothing to do with the goodness of God and everything to do with the fact that we live in a fallen world surrounded by fallen people. And God says, when you were crying, when they hurt you, I was crying with you because God is, God is not evil, people are. God does not intend to hurt you, but people do along the way. And don't confuse what God has done with what people do to you along the way. Start it again with God. Start, I want to talk to somebody here today that you've been disappointed with God. Start it again. Give God an opportunity to do a work in your life, just like what Job says in Job 23. Can you identify with, with what Job's saying here? He says in Job 3, I go to the east, but he's not there. You ever felt like you've been looking for God and, man, just like nowhere to be found? He says, if I go to the west, I don't find him. He said, even when he's at work in other people's lives, like he's at work in the north, but I don't see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. But watch Job's faith. He says, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. In other words, when I don't understand what God's doing, I still trust him. I still trust him. Whenever th people hurt me, I trust him. When things don't work out the way that I hoped they'd work out, start it again. Write it again with God. Write it again with God. Here's the second thing about writing it again. Number two, write it again with relationships. Write it again with relationships. I love this dynamic duo that you see in Jeremiah's story. Him and Baruch, you know, like the, the Lone Ranger and Tonto. This is, this is Baruch and Jeremiah. I know it doesn't ring, doesn't ring so well, but here's the, here's the cool thing about this is in Jeremiah's life, he couldn't write the dream that God had for him to write without someone else. Like there was this, there were these two friends that came together and made this reality, this, made this dream a reality. It, it says in verse 32 that, uh, that he, he, he took, he, after, after God spoke to them, uh, Baruch wrote all the words on the scroll um, again. He wrote them all again. <laughs> It says that many similar words were added to him. So, so, so Baruch didn't do what I would have loved to do, be like, hey, wait a minute, Jerry. 
you said like we were just doing this one time I went to the temple mind you and look what you did to me like I I'm not going there you know but but I love the fact that they did this together along the way and that, the fact that if we're going to allow the story to be rewritten and to dream again we need each other and this is hard in church isn't it because nothing hurts like church hurt have you ever been hurt in church before yeah and many times we come to church and we think, okay, I'm just going to come, I'm going to worship, I'm going to listen to the message, and I'm going to get out of here as fast as I can. Because somewhere deep down inside, we've been hurt by people along the way, or we've been hurt in church along the way. And I believe it's so easy for us just to push ourselves away from people and be like, you know what, I'll be like the high by Sunday Christian, but I don't really want anybody to get to know what's going on because the last time I let somebody in, they hurt me. The last time I got connected, they hurt me. And, and here's the reality. When we hold on to bitterness in our lives, what I've learned from my own life is the only person I'm hurting is me. Like the only person I'm putting in prison is me. Whenever I, 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 whenever I refuse to allow the people in my life to, to help me write the story of the dream that God's put in my heart. Like, like we need each other. That's why I love our small groups. I love that small groups are more than just about getting together and eating or reading something together. It's all about being the kind of person that helps write each other's dreams. Like, like Jerry, Jeremiah and Baruch. Like we need each other. We need to write the dreams that God has for our lives even when we're in the fire. I think about, uh, I think about the disciples and how they were betrayed by Judas. And G, or Jesus was betrayed by Judas but the disciples also had to feel betrayed by Judas they'd spent three years with him they had, he had to be their friend have you ever been betrayed by a friend before that's, that's how they had to evidently feel and there were 12 disciples right and then Judas betrayed Jesus and, um, and, and so now it's not 12 disciples anymore it's 11 disciples and after Jesus went to heaven uh, the disciples were left before the Holy Spirit uh, was poured out on the church in Acts chapter 1 I love this about dealing with the hurt in our lives. Acts chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Peter continued. Um, when watch, Peter gets in the word, even though he'd been hurt by his friend. He says, this was written in the book of Psalms. So he starts reading the Bible. I think that's awesome. Because when you get in the word, God starts speaking to you things about who he is and about the hurt in our lives and starts giving us context. It says, let his home, speaking, he was seeing that this was a word of prophecy that in the book of Psalms, it was actually talking about Judas. He says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. And watch this. And this had to be the hardest part. He also says, let someone else take his position. So he says in verse 21, we must now choose a replacement for Judas. I don't know about you, but if it was up to me, I'd say, that 12th seat, we're leaving that thing empty. That 12th guy is a bad news. Like, we're leaving that seat. It's going to be the 11 apostles and the 11 disciples now, not the 12. The 12 is a bad, bad number, 12. We do not believe in 12 anymore. <laughs> Only 11 disciples. Like, that's what, humanly speaking, we would do. We would leave the seat empty because that last person betrayed us. But when Peter got in the Word, follow me. When Peter got in the Word, he, the Word said, you got to replace that seat because you can't fulfill what I want to do through the church with an empty seat in your life. 
I want to tell you, some of us, because of hurt, pain, betrayal, we have made up in our mind, I'm never going to let anybody else hurt me like that. And we leave empty seats in our life. And because of that, we can never accomplish what God's called us to do. Church, it's time to dream again. It's time to forgive again. It's time to let people in again. I know the last church hurts you. I know people have hurt you along the way. But you have to replace the empty seat. We spend too many, too many years and days and hours of our lives trying to get people that have walked away from us to come back to us. If I could encourage you, if somebody has walked out of your life, let them walk. And allow God. See, it's hard. Because we get these dreams of how it's going to be and what it's going to look like and and the moment it doesn't match our expectation, we just leave the seat empty. And I want to encourage somebody, let somebody in. Take a step again. Jeremiah, get a new scroll. I know the last one was, but get a new scroll and write it again. Write it again with people. I think about how Samuel in the Old Testament, he was always described as having oil with him. He, would, he was the anointer. He was the person who would kind of like anoint people for leadership. And after, Samuel, after Saul, he anointed King Saul, and King Saul ended up being a dud instead of a stud. And he becomes this dud king and gets rejected by God. And, and Samuel is left with two things. He's, he's mourning and he's empty. It says in uh, 1 Samuel 16, it's not in your notes, but it says... Uh, God says to Samuel, how long are you going to mourn for Saul since I've rejected him over Israel? And some of us, the people that have rejected us, the people that haven't become what we thought they were going to become, that people that have messed up or made mistakes and, and it, it's affected us along the way, we can sit there mourning instead of moving forward into what God has for our lives. And God says to Samuel, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. In other words, I, I, in other words he, people had left him empty. No oil. He had poured out all of his oil on other people. He had poured out all of his oil on people that, that it hadn't become what he thought. But God says the next anointing is going to be greater than the previous anointings because I want you to go to the house of Jesse and I want you to anoint a king there, which we would find out would be King David, which from David would come Jesus, the Messiah. In other words, Saul, Samuel, I know you're, you're sad about Saul. I know he's not what you thought it would be. I know he hurt you. I know it feels like the scroll got burned up by the king. But if you'll just... Allow me to rewrite the story one more time. I'm going to do something greater in David than I ever did in Saul, and I want you to be part of it. That's good preaching. <laughs> I'll amen myself. Here's the third thing. Write it again with steps of faith. Write it again with steps of faith. His life's work had been burned up, but there's something that he had to do. You've been knocked down, but you don't have to stay down, church. Micah 7, 8, I love this scripture. It says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. I love it that it doesn't say if I fall. It says when I fall, because we all know we fall along the way. But he said, just so you know, enemy, I'm putting you on notice. When I fall, you better not get used to me being down because I'm going to arise. I know I'm sitting in darkness right now, but the Lord, He's a light around me. I want someone to get some hope in your heart to know, yes, I'm in a dark place. Yes, there's been some dreams dashed along the way, but I shall arise. 
I'm going to take a step of faith. Whatever the area is of your life that, that, that you've stopped dreaming in, it's time to take another step of faith again. Your relationship, maybe you have a marriage that's, that looks like it's just been dashed and you look like it has no hope. Go ahead and take the step and make the call to the counselor. Take a step of faith. Get, open, open a brand new scroll. Take another scroll and write it again. Maybe you started college years ago and then, money, you didn't, and then the money ran out and, and, and life happened and, and here you are and you never were able to fulfill it and that dream is still in your heart. I want to challenge you, go ahead, make the application, take out another scroll and write it again. Say, well, I don't have the job that I wanted. I always dreamed about doing something. I felt called to something along the way, but it hasn't become what I thought. It would. Don't just revel in, in where you are. Allow God to do a fresh work in your life. Start a new resume. Put that picture from 10 years ago where you were 30 pounds lighter on there and take a new scroll. Write it again, somebody. Get your hope up. I feel like the Lord said, Brandon, tell the people who they are. They're made to be the head, not the tail. Above, not beneath. I know you get knocked down, but I come here to help you. Don't stay down. It's time to get up again. It's time to dream again. It's time to be the people. God, I know it's not what you thought it would be, but if you'll give it to God, it'll be better. See, I've been hurt by people. I've been hurt by churches. I've been hurt my relationships. I'm never going to let anybody else. I'm done with people. If I can encourage you, take another scroll. Write it again. Write it again. See, my health, I'm so, so mad at myself about my health. I, I, just, I just feel like I can never get any traction. You, 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 in every area of our lives, we, you can't go back and make a new start, but you can change right now. And you can get a brand new end. One of my favorite quotes is this, that the, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. You can't change the past. But you can give your present to God. You can write it again. And He'll actually make the end better than the beginning. I want to turn your attention back to verse 32. We read it earlier, Jeremiah 36. It says, So Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to the scribe Baruch son of Neriah and as Jeremiah dictated Baruch wrote it all the words of the scroll that Jehoiakim king of Judah had burned in the fire and in this last part just struck out, stuck out to me it says and many similar words were added to them I was um, intrigued by that so I started looking at other translations and paraphrases and like what, what, it, what exactly was, was was he saying that happened there and the living bible which is a paraphrase that um, someone wrote so that their kids and grandkids would be able to understand the word says this then Jeremiah took another scroll and dictated again to Baruch all he had written before watch this only this time the Lord added a lot more so in other words after the fire there was more than before after the fire God had added some things to Jeremiah and this second writing that Baruch wrote down while Jeremiah dictated this became what we know today to be the book of Jeremiah and I got thinking as I was driving to church this morning God which stories or verses or passages did you add after the fire 
because I was driving my mind just started going about all the scriptures in Jeremiah that's, that's, that's just been guideposts to me in my own life along the way and I thought thank God that Jeremiah didn't stop whenever it got in the fire thank God Jeremiah took a brand new scroll and wrote it again I said Lord was, was it this verse was it Jeremiah 33 3 that you added after the fire call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you don't know I love that verse it's been a verse that's encouraged me to pray when I don't know what to do or is it the verse that confirmed my call to the ministry whenever I was a teenager and felt called but I didn't feel like I had the ability to, to do what God had called me to do but Jeremiah has encouraged me where he said before I formed you in the womb I knew you and before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nation. He said, Sovereign Lord, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, don't say I'm too young. You must go everywhere I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. I thought, thank you God that Jeremiah didn't stay in the fire, but he took a new scroll and he wrote it again. I was so thankful for that. I said, Lord, is it this? Is it Jeremiah 18? Because this has been a, this has been a God post in my life and during shifting seasons. It says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house. And there will I'll give you a message. So I went down to the potter's house and saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it, shaping it as it seemed best to him. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as the potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. God, what did you write when Jeremiah decided to pick up that new page and write again? I thought, Lord, did you write this one? Because if I had to choose a verse, this would probably be my favorite in all the scriptures. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. It says, then you'll call on me and come and pray to me and I'll listen. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Jeremiah 29, 11. Church, write it again. Write it again. Allow God to do a new work in you and dream again. Old men will dream dreams. Let's be dreamers. Let's don't let the bitterness from our past rob us of the future that Jesus has for us because he has some things that will be better after the fire. Church, if the devil was, any, was smart at all, he would know better than to throw it in the fire because the only thing the fire is going to do is purify you and to make you greater into the person that God's called you to be. Take another scroll and write it again. God's got a calling for your life. He's got something He wants to do that's greater. Take another scroll and write it again.